Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Back at it again. I I thought New Year's uh, is on a Friday, even though it's evident that this is not a normal year. I thought I'd just do it a day early. Plus, all the games, uh, at least the two games that matter in college football, uh, are, are happening on Friday. So, I, you know, I thought just do a quicker pod, get one out for the end of the week, and give you all a little content, give, uh, give you something to listen to. I, you know, I don't know what your schedules are, but let's face it. I don't think any of us know our schedules at all anymore. So we're, we're living in weird times, and I'll bang off uh, a couple things off the top, just no Thursday Night Football, so there's no reason to wait, uh, about some of the weekend games, some college football playoff thoughts, uh, quick three for the money, and then uh, maybe answer a couple Middlecoff mailbag questions. At John Middlecoff is, uh, is the Instagram handle, so make sure you... If you want to get on the show, leave a leave a DM. I would greatly appreciate that. And you get on the show and we read your question here at John Middlecoff Instagram. Also, if you could, please leave a review. John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Well, just three and out podcast. Apple, iTunes. May or may not have had a PGA golfer say he's going to leave one. He said he's a big fan of the show. I, I've become buddies with a, a, an NBA assistant. I've had a bunch of different former NFL players reach out that listened. I mean, it's... I'm not going to try to act like that's not really cool. I mean, it, it definitely is. So it's it's cool to see that a lot of different people are, are listening to the show. And obviously because of Colin, right? They, they find out through Coward, who just has a very smart listenership. I mean, he does. I've never met anyone, whether they're 20. I tell people this all the time. You meet people at weddings, and if Coward comes up, and once they find out about the podcast, they can be in their 20s or they can be in their 60s. And they listen. And most of the weddings I go to, right, are these aren't pro athletes. These are lawyers. These are farmers. These are construction workers. These are people, just normal people and uh, smart, successful people. And then they they listen, love him. And have I know a lot of you guys have found me through him. So I, I greatly appreciate that. And you know, if I'm doing a little reflection on 2020, uh, I appreciate everyone that listens because you make this show go, and you've. Uh, given me a platform. Well, I guess I have a platform, but you've enabled me to keep it going. 
and uh, got a little weird with Corona, and uh, just in this business, we're in the advertising business, but we, we've bounced back uh, on all different fronts, so just you got to keep swinging. That's my that's going to be my mantra or motto for the next, you know, I'm going to approach things in decades. Had a pretty good decade in, in 2010, worked in the NFL, had a radio show, got fired from both, now I'm a podcaster. Uh, we're going to try to make it a big 2020s. I guess that would be the decades. I'm not even going to look at things in years. I'm just going to look at decades. So I'm excited for the next decade. I really am. I look back and go, if I would have known, I thought about this a lot, partly just because of Corona, you just end up thinking a lot. Imagine if you knew like in 2018, 2019, 2020, what you would have, like where you were in 2010, just kind of the way the world was going to go, and it's impossible to do that, but just how much wisdom you gain over time. And sometimes you think, like, use that wisdom and use, you know, look forward and try to use it to your benefit. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why I'm rambling, but let's, uh, let's start with this. We have enormous games coming up this weekend. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this because I think sometimes it, it was an eye-opening experience for me to work in football for Pat Hill and then with Howie in uh, in Philly. very The football culture is very aggressive, and it's healthy for young people, I think. Uh, it, it just it helps you focus. It helps you being held to a high standard. There's a lot on the line. You have multiple people depending on you, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you're a scout. You're kind of all in the boat trying to row together. And because it's such a public business and it's such a – it's such a unique business, but so many eyeballs are on it. There's just a lot of pressure, and it it kind of thickens your skin. You know, whether you're making twenty grand or whether you're making twenty million, you can get yelled at. I think it's one of the healthiest things about the NFL is that every single person's in the firing line. The head coach has pressure. The starting quarterback has pressure. the The gunner on special teams has pressure. The intern in the personnel department has pressure, just like the wide receiver coach has pressure. Everyone feels it. And I I think it just hardens you. And one thing for me sometimes is in my personal life, if I had to, I've never been to a psychiatrist, but if I had to psychoanalyze myself, maybe it's, I'm sure it's the way I grew up. Like, I don't like much drama in my personal life. I try to, I try to remove drama. And as we all know, the older you get, I don't even have children yet. But in relationships with your friends, it's in, it's unavoidable. But I think sometimes I, I push it off and I, I throw it to the side of the room and I, I don't want to mess with it at all. I, I try to, where in my professional life, I kind of like it. Clearly, just what I do for a living, whenever you criticize people, it's gonna it's come back at me multiple times since doing this show and just doing different shows that I've had. You know, whether it's my Periscope show that I did on Twitter that now I'm going to have to move to YouTube because I guess Periscope's going away. And things that I have said have gotten back to those people that either I knew or they knew people that I knew. And I've gotten unsolicited calls from those people pissed off. I honestly don't mind it. But when I something happens with a family member, with, you know, a friend, it just, I get uncomfortable <laughs> with, with kind of contentious situations in my personal life. But in my professional life, I don't mind it. And I think sometimes I just live in denial and... You know, do I like it? I don't know. I just, it helps me function. It just does. I don't know if that's going to change. Maybe it'll have to. Maybe I'll go to a psychiatrist one time and they can help point me in the right direction. But when you run an NFL team, you cannot live in denial. And I think when you run a business, you cannot live in denial. You can live in denial, I think, for a little way while in a personal relationship and maybe you can get them back on track, but that's a whole nother discussion. You cannot do it with a football team. You have to just call a spade a spade. Now, you need more information than just a game. We can all watch the worst game and come up with a conclusion. We can all watch a player or a team's best game and come up with that same conclusion. But over a year, I think we get a pretty good idea. And one thing, looking at all these games, and a team right now that's on the outside looking in, which is kind of insane, because roster for roster, man for man, I guess it wouldn't be roster. Yeah, just roster. If you just matched up the rosters, player for player, the Colts against the Dolphins or the Browns, under no circumstances are they do they not have the better roster. It's not even debatable. But here's the problem with the Indianapolis Colts. They're paying Phillip Rivers $25 million. And I love Phillip Rivers. He's had a fantastic career. 
But I think they have to look themselves in the mirror, regardless what happens this Sunday, and go, I don't know if we could roll this back. Because there's a decent chance that if the Browns win, if the Dolphins upset the Bills, and clearly the Ravens are going to win because they're playing the Bengals, the Colts, win or lose, are not going. And to me, the reason that they wouldn't go would be because of Phillip Rivers. Like, you, you can't live in denial over that. They lost week one to the Jacksonville Jags, who have not won another game since. And Rivers is throwing picks in big spots there. But even last week, they're up big. The Steelers come roaring back. I'm watching the fourth quarter. Rivers throws a bad pick, you know, early into the fourth quarter. On the final couple drives, he easily could have thrown a couple more. He's just not a reliable player. I don't think you can win big with him. And the reality is with the Colts, they have a roster ready to win big. If you put Josh Allen on that roster, if you put Kyler Murray on that roster, if you just put Deshaun, I mean, any of these good young quarterbacks, I think they would be by far the team most equipped to handle the Chiefs. More than the Bills because they're more complete. But because of Phillip Rivers, who has 23 touchdowns, but he has 10 picks. And some of those picks are coming at the inopportune times. If they miss the playoffs, even if they squeak in, like I, I think they have to ask themselves, is it worth bringing him back? Even if he wants to come back. And he said he'd be open to coming back. I wouldn't do it. You, you cannot live in denial with the guy. And, you know, Philip, he already has his next gig. It's a little different. Drew Brees, I mean, he's going to be a high school coach. But in the sense of, like, he can go either this year, next year, whenever. I, I think NBC would like Drew Brees to come. We'll, we'll see if that happens. But I, I think if you are the Indianapolis Colts, you know, Philip Rivers, see you, buddy. Like, we're, we're going to go in a different direction. And the other one is, I, 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 the guy that's starting for the Rams, Walford, he is from Wake Forest. I had honestly never heard of him before it came out, like on Monday or Tuesday, that Jared Goff had broke his thumb. He's now out, and this guy's going to start. And I just text a buddy in the SEC, and I ask immediately, you know, because I go when I don't know a player from that area, you just go to a guy that knows these players. And his response to me was, yikes. And I tweeted it out. And then several people that were involved with that team either reached out or quoted my text and said, you know, you're being too hard. This guy's way better than you think. Uh, uh, I think his name's Anthony Beck. He was a tight end in the NFL for, uh, for the Jets. He coached on that team. He basically tried to act like this guy's a really good player, has a chance. But listen, you play in the AAF for a reason. That doesn't mean you can't be an NFL player. But when you have to start week 17, it's a problem. Like the, the LA Rams do not want this guy starting. Even for as bad as Jared Goff has been, they want Jared Goff to be the player. If Cliff Kingsbury can't beat the Rams with their backup quarterback, like we already know this guy's not good enough. We just saw Kyle Shanahan with a roster full of backups kick his ass. Now he's getting the Rams with a quarterback that was just in the AAF. The AAF. I mean, in a couple years, no one will even know what that means. And he can't beat them to get in the playoffs? Because if they lose, the Bears game, which we'll get into here in a minute, doesn't matter. They're out. They have to win to get in. And they were gifted by the football gods, a little bit like Mason Rudolph starting for the Steelers, is the football gods throwing the Browns a bone. The football gods are throwing the Cardinals, and specifically Cliff, a little bit of a bone. But you go, how could I possibly pick them to win? Not a winning record in college. And I hate beating a dead horse, but it's one of the bigger games of the weekend. And he's getting a backup quarterback. And I don't think he's going to win. I, I, I just... He's 13-17-1 in, in, uh, in the pros. But here's the thing if you're the Cardinals. A little bit like going back with, uh, with Chris Ballard and Rivers. Like, you already know. Whether you're in denial or not, like, the evidence is in. Rivers is not going to be good enough for you to make a Super Bowl run. And you have a roster that's ready to make a Super Bowl run. When you're the Cardinals, you now have a star quarterback who clearly, when he's healthy, is good enough to take you to the playoffs. But your coach is not a playoff coach. So you can live in denial and keep him around, but you're wasting time. The evidence, the guy's a loser. And when I say a loser, I just mean under 500. He, he never sniffed anything in college. And if he can't beat the backup quarterback, and basically he had back-to-back weeks against, you know, Pete Carroll could retire, you know, in the next year, two, three, four, right? He's in his late 60s. His, his time in the NFL, 
if if he you know using the uh, using the golf analogy, he's probably on hole seventeen. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are going nowhere, and right now McVay's never lost to him. Kyle, I guess, lost to him week one, but in the biggest game of the year, beat him. So you ask yourself, how's this guy ever going to beat McVay? How's this guy ever going to beat Kyle Shanahan? What are we doing when we got good players? So I I think those two franchises need to really ask themselves and look in the mirror when the season ends, like, do we need to do something different? Now, the problem with the Cardinals is you're not going to let Steve Kime hire his, you know, whatever, fourth coach. So you probably got to blow out everybody. And I, I'm not saying Kingsbury, win or lose this game, he's going to be back. But we know. Like, we understand what he is. He is what he is. He's a guy that's not a playoff coach if, if he loses this game. And it's never happening. So I, I won't ever be able to take him seriously. Rivers, a lot of respect for, but his, he's a little loosey-goosey. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, he throws some terrible interceptions. He's got a little Jameis to him where it's like, Philip, what are you doing? You don't have the arm to attempt that throw in triple coverage. And then he, you know, he gets mad and and I appreciate his, you know, his fight and his competitiveness and the sound bites, but there just comes a point where it's like, you're, you've been in the league almost 20. How are you making that throw? What are you doing? In what world do you think that's okay? And the answer is it's for a player of his caliber and his understanding of the game and his knowledge, it's not. So the, the key is. Listen, we, we some of us live in denial in our personal lives, but in, in your professional life, if you do, especially in football, you're just going to keep losing. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long Long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's get into a couple other things this weekend. 
Uh, I'd say the big news early in the week was Mike Tomlin announcing Roethlisberger will not play. Like, the Chiefs announced Mahomes won't play. Who cares? They're the top seed. This game's irrelevant to them. For the Steelers, if the Bills were to lose, and the Dolphins have to try to win to get in, so it's not like the Dolphins are just mailing in the game, the Steelers could get the two seed. And here's the thing with the two seed. While it doesn't get you a bye this year, it does allow you to, it guarantees you two home games. So having the two seed is, while you do have to play to get to the second weekend, if you do win, you know, wild card, is it wild? Yeah, it'd be wild card weekend. It gets you to the divisional weekend with a home game. So it's a pretty big deal. Tomlin's basically waving the white flag on that. I think he assumes maybe you watch them in a night game, the Bills are going to win. Don't totally blame them. The Bills are dominating. They're better than the Dolphins. They beat the Dolphins the first time around. But I also think there's an element of this. The Steelers have a major quarterback question mark, right? Ben's in his late 30s. I think to say that he showed uh, you know, his age this year would be an understatement. Now, he did just make some big-time plays in that game against the Colts. He still has the ability to win big. Like, they could win... Wouldn't shock me if they win two playoff games, right? They could win that first weekend against whoever they play and then beat the Bills. Like, I think that's possible. I can't see him beating the Chiefs. But it's not like... When I'm critical on Ben, I'm critical in the sense of he's a shell of himself. He's still better than majority of quarterbacks in the NFL. I would take him over the Jared Goffs and the Jimmy Garoppolo's and those guys, you know, for in a one-game situation for sure. But he's old, he's expensive, and he gets hurt. So I think the, the Tomlin needs to know, has, has, last year Mason Rudolph was really bad. Has he improved? Because in the NFL, every, every building has a sign. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. So has Mason Rudolph improved? Because I bet he thought Mason Rudolph was solid. They threw him out there in the games last year, and he was horrendous. So when they're kind of waving the white flag because they don't think the Bills are going to lose, they're also getting a free look at this guy against a divisional opponent. Could we roll back next year with Big Ben and Mason Rudolph as our one-two? What if Big Ben were to retire this offseason? Could we just sign a guy and have Mason Rudolph be our starter and get a backup? I would say no, but what if Mason Rudolph goes out and beats the Browns in a high-leverage situation because the Browns have to win to get in? So I actually, the more I've thought about it, don't think it's that crazy. Uh, it, It just will be nuts if the Bills do lose because the Steelers could have won and got back-to-back home games. Miami, I I talked about it earlier in the week. Like, they're starting the guy that's not as good as the other guy. That's that's just a fact. Like, Fitzpatrick gives them a better chance to win on Sunday. Now, big picture, Tua, the growth, I I get it. But is Tua getting yanked again in this game? Like, are they down 10-0 in the second half and the defense is keeping it close and they bring in Fitzpatrick? Because if that happens again, and in less than eight games, Tua got, you know, yanked from three separate games, maybe they will entertain taking a quarterback with that Houston Texans pick. Especially because the Houston Texans are going to lose this weekend. So they lose, and that pick is, you know, four or five. I don't know, man. I, I You would have to acknowledge the fact that Tua might be in a little trouble. You know, I, I don't think, I, I'd still be a little surprised if he was traded, but I wouldn't be that surprised. I, I, I would say his position with the team would be in doubt. So that that is one thing I'm looking at in that game. Does Tua come out of the game when the game is still in the balance, like he did against the Broncos and like he did against the Raiders? And then the Bear Packers, the game. If the Cardinals were to lose, the Bears don't have to win, they're in. But this is the biggest game Matt Nagy's ever coached. I know he coached a playoff game, But that was year one, kind of playing with house money. No one, you know, I I mean, it was a devastating loss when the dude, Cody Parkey, hit the uprights against the Eagles. But I don't know, man. I I, I just, he wins this game. It's a bigger win than any win that he had that year one. It, it, It just is. Especially given they lost six straight games. The quarterback situation was in shambles. Mitch came back. Now there is, I've seen some different analytics. Mitch is doing a lot of dumping. You know, not like in the bathroom, but dumping it to guys not far away from the line of scrimmage. And a large percentage of the yards that he's thrown for this last like month have been after the catch. 
But the touchdowns, like, he has produced. And the offense, with him leading it, the run game, however they're doing it, the scheme, change it up a little bit, get him on the move, is putting up 30-plus points every week. And I think it's fair to say that if the Chiefs are the best team in the league when they play right, the Packers are playing the best right now in the NFL. No team in the NFL is playing better than the Green Bay Packers. LaFleur called this game a playoff game. They're going to take it seriously. So can the Bears win this game? Because if they win this game, obviously they'd be in. But two, it would just be an enormous win for the franchise. And then, you know, if assuming the Saints or Seattle are two, the Bears would not be the easiest of seven seats, right? Just because they do have a really good defense. They've been scoring points. They'd have a shit ton of momentum coming into the playoffs. I'd rather face the Browns or the Dolphins as a seven seed than the Bears. I know that. Now, obviously, they're in different conferences, but you know what I mean. If you're if you're the Bills and you get the Dolphins, you know you feel pretty good about it. If you're the Saints and you get the Bears, like that's not just some lock win, though they'd be a favorite. But still, I mean, I, uh, I I am very very excited to watch this game. Okay, let's dive into the college football playoffs. And there was some breaking news. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Uh, that Tony Elliott the offensive coordinator for Clemson, who's been there forever, is not going to be able to coach this game because the information, I don't know if he tested positive, contact tracing, whatever, he is not going to be there. And that that's a pretty big deal. I mean, he's been the play caller now in their dominant run. So that, that, that is not nothing. They are still the better team than Ohio State, but that's not nothing. Now, one thing Dabo has consistently done, and I've seen it on my timeline on social media, is he's kind of talked some shit about Ohio State in the sense of teams that have played more games, should have been ranked higher, kind of basically saying Ohio State doesn't deserve to be there. Now, his team is better. Him and His team and Alabama are on a completely different level than everyone else. But I'd say I'd put Ohio State in their own little tier. Like, they're above Notre Dame. So, you better be careful. I think Clemson's going to win. I, I'm going to pick Clemson. But you're now missing your offensive coordinator. There is just an obscene amount of pressure on your quarterback because we're all calling him the him and Luck are the best prospects since Elway. Like, you better kick ass and take names. And Dabo, you're an offensive guy. You're a wide receiver coach at heart, but you're not a play caller. So you're going to miss this guy. This guy is getting interviews for NFL jobs. This guy is turning down college jobs. Like, Tony Elliott's a big deal. He's kind of like, he'd be the equivalent probably like Jimbo Fisher years ago at LSU for Nick Saban. Like, he could get big-time jobs, massive jobs. Miami, Florida State, jobs like that, like, he could go to. Florida, Georgia, like, you'd be crazy to not hire Tony Elliott. Like, that, that to me is his level. Auburn, he could have got. He probably didn't want, right? Uh, I'd say USC, but to me, he's, like, that little southern region with the SEC, those ACC old-school powerhouses. Like, let's call it the ACC what it is. It's not a very good conference. Notre Dame does not count. They're not part of the conference. They just did it this year because of Corona. Miami just got, you know, the score was close, but they were getting their ass kicked by Oklahoma State. Florida State's terrible. North Carolina is okay. Like the ACC, and listen, I'm Pac-12 guy. Pac-12 is bad. But let's, the, all the AC, the ACS Clemson, who is a powerhouse. The rest of their programs, not great. <laughs> you know, let, let's not act like it's that much different. But here, to me, are the two biggest stories of this college football playoff. Number one, there has been this creation of Zach Wilson. Not a creation, but like he's played excellent this year against pretty random teams. And I, I think if you talk to people in the NFL, listen, I've, I, I know what top quarterbacks look like. Like I, I think there is legitimate validity to him being the number two quarterback off the board. For him to go number two in the draft. Trevor Lawrence goes one. And either the Jets take Zach Wilson, so they trade, someone trades up to get Zach Wilson, like he goes number two. But Justin Fields is a far superior player. Let me rephrase that. Far superior high school prospect. Five star, was one of the biggest prospects in the country. His physical gifts are equal of Zach Wilson's. Now his production has been a little hit or miss. But here's what I do know. Every general manager in the league, every drafting you know, analyst, Every, yeah, I'd say the majority of head coaches will be able to watch this game. 
And Zach Wilson does not have an opportunity like Justin Fields does. If he can play well against Clemson, throw three or four touchdowns, have a really, really high-level game, and if they were to win, but even if he plays really well, like I think this guy's back in the discussion for the number two overall pick. High-character guy, has all the physical gifts. You just got to do it. And the, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. His tape, been a little hit or miss, though they haven't played that many games. Corona's been weird in the Big Ten. This is the type game you've had now, you know, three or four weeks to prepare, maybe three, and you played them last year. Like, let's see what it looks like. I, I can't wait. Justin Fields, this is the best part about the draft. In big games, you have a chance to improve your stock. This is how we judge you. How do you play? You know, because you're checking all the boxes off the field. Physical gifts, check. Character, check. Uh, pr- production, check. Like, he's got all the checks. But eventually, you just got to play well in a big game. And he's had some hit or miss games. Like that Indiana game, eh. Did, didn't quite, you know, that Northwestern game, eh. This is the type of game, Clemson, for all the marbles, you go in there, you upset them, you throw three or four touchdowns, you make the big plays, you're the star of the game. What, what does Zach Wilson have in his, you know, uh, I was going to say DVD collection, but all, when every coach goes through the game logs, that can hold a candle to this. Hint, he doesn't. So to me, Justin Fields has so much on the line. Like Clemson... Trevor Lawrence, this game doesn't, he could throw for one yard or a thousand, it doesn't mean anything. The Clemson dynasty's already in full swing. Whether they win this game, don't win this game, win the national championship, it doesn't matter. Just, just, Ohio State, same thing. Like They're one of the powerhouse programs. But for Justin Fields specifically, a lot on the line. And the other thing, depending on where you look, uh, I, I use my bookie. They're, the line that I saw today before I came on was 20 points. I've seen different places where it's three touchdowns, it's 21. But Notre Dame is an enormous underdog, right? You're, you're close to a three-touchdown underdog. They think you don't even belong on the same field. This is not like Alabama playing Ole Miss, who I bet on that game they did not cover. This is a college football playoff, the Final Four. Typically in basketball, if you think about it, the Final Four, all the games should be within... I don't know, three or four points of a spread. Like, all the teams, especially if they're one and two seeds, should all be close games. And in theory, same thing with college football. But that is not the case. 20-point underdog. And Notre Dame has taken, you know, some shots. Not them, but us on the outside. Fans, people in the media. We've taken shots at them. Right? Like, they're a solid program, but they don't belong with the big boys. They have got their chances several times in the playoffs and gotten embarrassed, got boat raced. Well, I did see them. Now, granted, Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, but the guy that the Clemson rolled out is a five-star and a future number one overall pick, and Notre Dame went toe-to-toe with them. Now, the game wasn't home, but still. Now, I don't think Notre Dame is as good as Alabama, but like Justin Fields, the program, Brian Kelly, kind of has a lot on the line. Like, we all expect him just to get his ass kicked. Like, of course they don't belong. But can he keep it close? Because Brian Kelly's a name, and keep an eye on it, that you're going to see in the mix for some of these NFL jobs. I'll promise you that. He's been there over a decade. If he gets boat raced in this game, it's clear he's never going to be able to win a national championship. He has no chance against Ohio State, you know, Alabama, Clemson. Like, he's just not beating those teams. Like, the evidence is in. He can't, he can't even get close. Now, we'll see. I mean, we don't expect him to get close again here. But it would be a big deal for the Irish just to be like tied at halftime. Have a seven-point game in the second half. That would be a big deal. Now, Alabama's fantastic. Their offense is elite, right? Devontae Smith's going to win the Heisman. He's the betting favorite. Mac Jones has become a top, probably, second-round player. Uh, Jalen Waddle, their best receiver probably, or at least every bit as good as Devontae Smith, is injured. But it hasn't even mattered. Can you hang? And I, I can't wait to watch Justin Fields. I'm much more excited to watch Justin Fields because I actually do think they might be able to hang with Clemson and he could have a big game. I'm not expecting Notre Dame to keep it close. Now, I I guess I would take him plus 20, but I wouldn't feel great. I, I, I'm not going to bet that game because that, that line is just too big and I just think Alabama could kill him. But this this is a pretty big moment for the, for the Irish program, uh, for Brian Kelly, 
and, and just for anyone that wants to make this argument that all these other teams deserve seats at the dance. Because if Alabama keeps kicking everyone's ass, like, I'm sorry, maybe we should just go back to two teams and not eight. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's do a quick three for the money. I'm going to bang this out quick. Let's see. Uh, I was 26 and 19 going into last week. The Falcons plus 10 and a half against the Chiefs. They covered. The Vikings did not cover, and Arizona did not. So I am 27 and 21. Good job there, Kingsbury. Appreciate your effort. Uh, Okay, let's start with the Cowboys. If the Washington football team loses on Sunday Night Football to the Eagles, which, you know, I think they might, just because their quarterback play is Heineke. I don't even know anything about that guy. You would think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just beat him. I like the Cowboys minus two and a half against the Giants. The Giants have kind of been in shambles the last three or four weeks. They can't score points. They just don't look very good. Cowboys have kind of got their mojo. Andy Dalton's playing well. Their, their wide receiving core is just legit. I mean, Amari, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, like, it's just, those guys can score. How are the Giants going to score with them? I like the Cowboys. Probably my favorite bet of the weekend. Cowboys minus two and a half. How about the Jets against the Patriots? Like, the news is in. Patriots are god-awful. The Jets almost beat them when the Patriots were playing decent like a month ago. The Jets, is it crazy to say they're one of the hotter teams in football? They're just playing good football. They, they, they just are. I love the New York football Jets plus three in this game. Plus three against the Patriots? To me, that line is wrong. That line should be like Jets, as crazy as it sounds, like minus five against the Pats. Jets plus three? I might put like $500 
just on the Jets' money line to win that game. That, that to me, feels like stealing. And then the Falcons against the Buccaneers. Been riding the Falcons and the points. They've just, they throw up points. What do the Bucs have to play for? The Bucs are getting the five seed. Like, this thing's a wrap. It, it, it's over. They're the five seed. Unless I'm mistaken. I want to double check because as I'm saying this, it almost feels too good to be true. But how, I just don't see what the Buccaneers, let me double check. Now I'm kind of second guessing myself. So the playoff standings in the NFC for the wild card, how many wins? I guess the Bucks are 10-5. and five. The Rams win their 10-5. The tiebreaker, did those two teams play this year? The Buccaneers lost to the Rams. Okay. I, I still like the Falcons. Still like the Falcons plus 6.5. Do look at that a little differently now. That was probably not great research on my part. Let's see if I can find another game. I'm, t- I'm tempted to put a little juice. I'm biased on this one on the Bears plus five and a half, but the Packers are really good. Yeah. So we'll just we'll stick with the Falcons. I, I guess Tampa does. If they win, they get the five seed. If they lose and the Rams win, the Rams would be the five seed. And they and being the five seed this year is pretty big, right? Because you get the Cowboys or Washington. So it's it is a big deal. It is a big deal. That playing that game is better than playing the Saints. Right or Seattle, you, you you would rather the five versus the six seed, both road games, but there there is a dramatic difference. Still like the Falcons plus six and a half though. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, God, I I should have done a little bit of research there before I started hit record. There's some big lines. I mean, Jacksonville's fourteen point favorite, or excuse me, fourteen point underdog to the Colts. Ravens thirteen point favorite. God, I love the Jets game. You can get them money line plus one fifty five. I might just pick that game five times. Love the Jets. I'll take the Jets plus three and the Jets money line. Maybe I'll just do those. will be two separate bets. Take the Jets plus three and take the Jets money line. I might I might put a sizable wager on that. Jets versus the Patriots. Okay, let's go a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Y'all know the drill. Fire up in those. I realize I got a couple questions that I haven't answered that are like a week old. This is... This is from December 22nd, so yeah, it's, I apologize. Dr. JP is his name, so we got smart listeners here. For the NFL Coach of the Year, state your case for the top three candidates and who you believe should win. My belief is if the Bills go 13-3, and the award no doubt should go to Sean McDermott. This man and half his staff turned Josh Allen from rags uh, to riches. True. He has shown that he has trust in the process. He worked going from six and ten to ten and six, and now thirteen and three. Win the division for the first time in twenty-five years. There is no other team than the Chiefs playing to their caliber. The defense has turned the corner since week nine and is playing lights out. What am I missing here? Why is he not at the top two candidate? This season is far more impressive than Flores and Stefanski. If not the year for McDermott, then when? I would agree. If McDermott can't win it this year, it's going to be difficult. I I would say this: the Browns are a joke. And they have consistently been a joke. And if you make the playoffs as the Cleveland Browns coach, that that's a pretty big deal. Like, it, it just is. And Flores, I mean, they, they drafted fifth last year in the draft. Fifth. And traded all their good players. So I, I'm not against McDermott winning it. I, I would like McDermott to win it. it never hurts having a guy in your, in your phone that you can text. It's coach of the year. You know, that if he were to win it, two of the last three coaches of the years, I know personally, I could give a phone call to. Like, I'm biased. Yeah, I'm rooting for that. If I take my bias out and I go, who really deserves it? I'm not disputing Sean deserves it, but Flores' team stinks. Like, they, they don't have very much talent. And Stefanski is just part of the franchise, just going to the playoffs for the first time in basically 20 years. You know, I think what's working against Sean relative to those guys, and this isn't necessarily fair, he went to the playoffs last year. And he's gone, this will be three out of four years. So we just, you know, it sucks, but we just view him as a winner. You know, we view the Browns as a loser. And Stefanski is kind of this random that finally got a job. And then, uh, and the Dolphins, I mean, they're just, they, they've been a crappy franchise recently. And they were really bad last year because he basically sold off all of his players and tried to tank. So I, I'm with you, but 
I, I, I won't have a beef if one of those two guys wins it. I, I do think if the Dolphins or the Browns get in the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard for them not to win. I know the media hopped on this train, but what do NFL people think of Justin Fields? To me, he's another Ohio State quarterback with good numbers, Haskins, JT Barrett, ETC. Also, I have a theory that college football will slowly decline due to lack of competition and the fact that everyone runs the same offense. Unlike the NFL, where the Chiefs, Titans, and 49ers all run completely different. Thanks and go Ducks. Well, your Ducks are going to be in the mix. Uh, I don't think it'll necessarily decline because on most weekends, when you have Wisconsin playing Michigan, the game's good. When you have Washington playing Cal, the game's good. It's just an entertainment product. Now, this, yeah, there's only a certain number of teams that can win it, but the the viewership in college football and like the SEC is high. You know, the viewership in big, like Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin, those guys get a lot of people to watch. Oklahoma, a lot of people watch Oklahoma games. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to, you know, drink some beers, kick back, and just really watch Justin Fields. I, I, I'm going to come with a massive, massive take on Justin Fields in this game on Friday. So I, I don't, right now, I think he's a good prospect. I, I couldn't take him. I, I At least I wouldn't want to take him really high. To me, I look at him somewhat like a project. A little Josh Allen-y that if he goes to the right spot, if he can get with like a Kyle Shanahan, it's on like Donkey Kong. If he gets with a Matt Patricia, an Adam Gase, yeah, he could be ruined. I, I, I really think it's just kind of that simple. Uh, love the pod. Two questions. How do NFL teams organize their scouts to cover college players? Is it regionally or are you a scout for a specific position? Good question. How many games do you watch before developing an opinion on a player you are looking at drafting? Another good question. Andrew, excellent questions. One, it's region. So most teams have a guy on the west, which is by far the biggest geographical area. Uh, You have a guy in the southwest, which is kind of like, you know, the Texas, Oklahoma, up through some of the Big Ten country. And, you know, sometimes you split that area with kind of like, not quite the northeast, I don't even know what it's considered, but like the Minnesota, Michigan, uh, you know, some of Ohio, some of those regions into Philly. And then you kind of get, you, you can do it several ways, that area, the northeast, and then you just have a southern scout that has basically those ACC and SEC teams, which is usually your highest paid scout because that area produces the most players. The west is the coolest place to work, though, uh, just in terms of scenic drives. Uh, and the weather's great, but yeah, so you usually do it regionally, and then you have a college director that will just go and watch all the top players, so like your top 100 guys on the board or whatever, he'll just go to different schools, like pick and choose all over the country, and then sometimes you just have a national scout that does the same, so you have a, you have an individual that you've entrusted to gather the information and tell you if the guy's worth a look or not, and then you have higher level executives that kind of come in over the top. And then the general manager in his office has access to all this information and he kind of siphons through who to watch throughout the year. And then obviously in the offseason, watches every draftable guy. But it, during the season, I guess every GM probably does it a little differently, but watches the top you know, three or four round guys uh, is where you probably spend the majority of your time. And then some of them get out to do school calls, but some of them don't. I mean, it's, it's difficult. So yeah, regionally. And then your other question is, you know, I, I was taught three or four games, and one thing I learned is you always want to see in, in the pros, like, you already know the character. You know, the information's there. So you're just watching the uh, the game. You know, you, you're just watching the player. It's just very black and white. In college, like, when I went into USC and I got to know Marquise Lee or Robert Woods or Matt Barkley or whatever... I'd want to watch the player before I got the character information. So usually you'd want to watch three or four games. Now, part of it is like you're seeing, you're going to develop, if you're just at your house on a given weekend and you're watching a bunch of games, it's hard not to just develop a little bit of an opinion. But I, I think the rule of thumb is is four games. Uh, but, you know, I'd say most college scouts worth their salt end up watching six or seven you know, especially like kind of cross tape on guys, you end up watching a lot on a guy. I would say this. If I was going to draft a quarterback in the first round, I'd probably watch every snap he ever took. 
you know, if I if I was watching a linebacker or wide receiver, like I can get a pretty good feel five or six games. If if I'm watching Justin Fields or I'm taking Zach Wilson, I, I I'm watching every fucking play he's ever had in college. I you're just investing too much, right? And you could argue if you're gonna take if you have a, a first round pick, you should probably watch a lot more than you would on a fifth or sixth round guy. But it is time consuming. I mean, it's just you only have so many hours in a day. But yeah, so it's I one thing I'll I, I'll I don't miss at all. I mean, I don't miss much about it, really, but is watching like fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. I mean, it's just so boring. Oh, my God. Undrafted free agents. You don't realize, as a scout, you end up watching, when I was in the office, you spend most of your time watching like practice squad guys and waiver claim guys. You don't spend most of your time watching like Patrick Mahomes. Like, you're not like, who are you watching today? You're like, oh, just Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson. Just going to kick back and see what... uh See what Devontae looks like today. Now, you might watch him when you're advanced scouting him, but you don't get to be like, yeah, just I'm just breaking down the Bosa brothers, just seeing how it looks. I mean, that might be an off-season project, but you don't get to be, yeah, just just studying Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. No, you're, you're watching like this fifth defensive end on the Patriots that might get cut. That's where you spend most of your time. It's just, it, it's draining. Now, you're advanced scout. And I was talking to a buddy who's advancing some games. You watch the whole thing. But when you just scout players, and then you use that if that guy ever gets cut or you can trade for him. So you, you do end up watching those guys. But you spend way more of your time watching the random guys than you do like watching just just breaking down Russell Wilson. Uh, he, he He's good, coach. He's he's a good player. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we know, John. We got you. No, you're you're watching like the Green Bay Packers practice squad, and you you want to rip your eyes out and be like, "This sucks." Can you speak a little bit about the Giants' rebuild? For the last few years, I've seen numerous teams drafting right uh, behind the G-men at the top of the draft, who are now good in the playoff contention: the Colts, the Niners, the Browns. Is this all Gettleman problem, or does he just have the inability to draft talent? It's so frustrating seeing teams. Turn around from a top five pick to a legitimate candidate for a deep playoff run while the Giants continue to dwindle their thumbs and take L's. Thanks so much. I'd say your biggest problem with the Giants is their defense this year was good enough. Saquon got hurt, which was a big issue. They missed on the quarterback. He's just not good enough. If Daniel Jones had been the equivalent of just a top 15 player, they'd probably win the division this year. He took a quarterback at number six, who's probably going to be in the league for 10 years as like a fringe backup starter, back and forth, but he's just not good enough. I, th- I think it's just really that simple. He's drafted the wrong quarterback. And if you do that, you, you know, you sit part of like they got Baker Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield's just a lot better than Daniel Jones. <laughs> you know, the 49ers, they made the Super Bowl. Their defense was excellent, but like Jimmy Garoppolo played really well in the second half. And the Colts, like, they missed the playoffs last year without a quarterback. This year they got Phillip Rivers, who's, I mean, we can nitpick all day, but he's still, on his worst day, is better than Daniel Jones. I I think it's really that simple. You don't have a quarterback. I, I don't give a shit. You have good defense. You have a good run game. Whatever. Like, the Browns are going to go to the playoffs partly because Baker Mayfield has just played pretty well this year. He, he really In the second half, especially. He, he has. I'll give him his due. They would if you put Daniel Jones on the Browns. They're not. They're not going to the playoffs. And the Browns might not end up going to the playoffs, even though I think they will because they'll beat Mason Rudolph. But I'll keep it short. As a Falcons fan, I'm torn whether they should draft a quarterback now that they are currently in possession of the third overall pick. I did not know that. I'm not sold on anyone in this draft outside Trevor Lawrence. I agree. Fields and Wilson feel like they have some extreme compromises, and Trey Lance just doesn't throw the ball enough to know if he's ready for a pro style offense. I still think Matt Ryan with an efficient scheme can play a few more years. I agree. I'm interested in your take. Do you think the Falcons should take a quarterback if afforded the number three pick? If so, who do you think they will take? This is a really good question. And you know me. I'm not like I'm not a cop-out guy. I'm not trying to hide. But we, we, we are spending a lot of time talking about the Jets, talking about the Falcons, talking about the Texans. They do not have a coach. I have no clue what their offense is going to be. None. Absolutely zero. What if I told you they hire P.J. Fleck? 
What if I told you they hired Eric Bieniemy? What if I told you they hired Urban Meyer? What if I told you they hired Arthur Smith? Like it's a they don't have a general manager either. So I I I, I can't answer the question. I, I honestly don't know. I'm with you. I, I like Zach Wilson and I can't wait to watch Justin Fields play in this game, but I, I'm with you. I don't know. I, I don't feel confident that either is gonna be good. One of them might end up being a pro bowler. They both might be average. But I, I can't make it what the Falcons are going to do. They don't have a coach or a, or, a, or a general manager. And they had one of the longest tenure general managers right in the league. I mean, Thomas had been there since 07 or 08. So it's going to be a big, big overhaul. And I, I would say this, the nature of overhauls, I guess it, it's sometimes not with a guy like Matt Ryan. It's going to be pretty easy. If I had to take an uneducated guess, because I know nothing about who's going to be their coach or their general manager... I bet Matt Ryan is back. And a little bit, I think the Panthers are a good example. Let's just take a year to see what we got, see how good Matt Ryan still is. Now, what if I could get like a second-round pick? Like, would Kyle Shanahan trade for him? If I could do something like that, then yeah, I think you'd think about it. But again, not trying to cop out. I don't even think we can begin to guess. Like Stafford. I keep I talk a lot on my other podcast, Haber Middlecoff, go check that podcast out well, about the Niners going to get Stafford. Well, it's easy for me to say the Niners should go get Stafford. Part of it is I think like Stafford wants out, but what if they get a sweet coach and that guy convinces Stafford to say? What if Stafford doesn't ask for a trade? What if the new coach doesn't want to trade him? I'm in a fantasy football keeper league and I have James Robinson. If I make him my keeper, he'd be the last round draft pick next year. Do you think he could sustain success into next year? It's a good question. Full disclosure, I'm a god-awful fantasy football player. But to piggyback off the last uh, question, when do you have to do this? Right when the season ends? Because if you don't have to do it till like February 1st, I would wait to see who the coach is. Do they hire Arthur Smith of the Tennessee Titans? Because if they do, I'd go, well, the run scheme's going to be sweet and he's going to go off. Do they hire Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs? Well, with Trevor Lawrence and their passing game, maybe he tries to make it like the Kansas City Chiefs and they're not going to be as active running the ball. So to me, I, I got to know who their coach is. Now, if you don't have time, I don't know your other options. I, 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 would, I would probably sell. That, that would be my gut instinct. First thing I think is sell. You can find another James Robinson. Could be wrong on that. Full disclosure, haven't watched a lot of Jags football. I know he's good. I mean, I, I'm not, I understand he's been productive, but I do think you can find guys like that. If you have a Devontae Adams, you know, someone else, just Keenan Allen, you know, a Lamar Jackson type, I, I would stick with a guy like that. Okay, Happy New Year. We'll, we'll end on that. Appreciate everyone. I honest, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate everyone listening all year long. I know it's been a, uh, it's been a shitty year. I mean, there's no way around it. Thank God. Hopefully, 2020, it, it can't be worse, you wouldn't think. But, uh, but yeah, have a good weekend, and we will talk. I guess my next podcast will come after Black Monday, so there is going to be a lot. Black Monday, the playoffs, we'll know the college football championship, Bama-Clemson, and we'll go from there. So, again, thank you so much for listening, telling your friends. I appreciate each and every one of you. Well... Unless you're... No, I appreciate each and every one of you. (laughs) Adios. See ya. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. 
So, Toyota is electrified, diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.